Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David brings us a strange story of the Tower of Babel and how God intended for the world to be populated with diverse people. Let's listen. All right, I'm going to need some of your help today. I want you to raise your hand if you speak more than one language, and I'm talking fluently, like pretty well. Okay, I'm seeing, oh, just, okay, a couple people, a couple people, okay. Raise your hand if you speak more than two languages, two or more, I should say. Two or more. Leslie, what do you speak? Oh, Little Latin, French, Spanish, German. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, well, I want you thinking about language today because there are so many different languages around the world, and it's really beautiful uh, how many different diverse languages there are. Let me begin with an example. So here's a video, and it's a video of how to say I love you in many, many different languages. Let's go ahead and show that video. ยามอไอสเตเลอะไรบ้างล่ะชิบ้าไอกิตาโรฮาฮุเอ็กโคฟายอะโอไอนีมิงโกงาเตชิทาเวอะซิมูจูเดนฉันรักคนพาฮารัง
before we started recording history. So we don't know exactly when it happened, and it's going to feel, as you read it, like a very different time and place from where we live today. So you're going to have to use your imaginations a little bit. So imagine a world that doesn't have 7 billion plus people like it does today, but imagine a world with very tiny, sparse population that's all centered around the same geographic area. This story in the Bible's chronology happens right after the flood, right after the time of Noah, where people are beginning to rebuild their world. And there was one language for all of the people. We were told in this uh, opening verse that a group of those people begin to spread to the east. They begin to migrate. They are spreading out from one another. And this is exactly what God wants them to be doing. In the first book, or the first chapter of the first book, uh, God created humanity, and God gave them a directive. Here's what God told them to do. It says, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. So this is God's command to early human civilization. I mean, God blesses them, but then tells them to fill the earth. Don't stay in one spot, but fill and populate the entire globe that God has created, from the Garden of Eden to the whole world. Yes, God wants them to spread out. And that's what they're beginning to do in this story. They are migrating to the east, to the land of Babylonia. And as they got there, we go on, it says, They began saying to each other, Let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. And then they said, Come, let's build a great city for ourselves, with a tower that reaches into heaven. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Okay, now this is an interesting development, isn't it? The people have spread to the east, they've spread to the region of Babylonia, but they don't want to go any further. They've decided to stay where they are and to build a city, possibly the world's first city. Now, there's nothing wrong with building a city, is there? I mean, you might prefer to live in the country, or you might prefer to live in the city, but either way, it comes down to personal preference. There's nothing inherently better or worse about each one. But what I want you to notice is the motivation, the motivation for why they decided to build a city. It was to keep them from being scattered all over the world. Now, wait a second. Didn't we just read that God wanted them to spread out didn't we just read that God wanted them to fill the earth, to multiply to the ends of the earth, and yet we have a group of people here that decide to dig in their heels and stay put. They say, no, we're not going to scatter. We're not going to spread out. We're going to stay here. We're going to build a city, and we're going to build a tower. Now, this tower would have been the modern equivalent 
to a skyscraper, unseen in any other part of the ancient world. And we got to come back again to the motivation. What motivates them to build this tower? It was simple. They want to reach the heavens. They want to become famous, they say. Can you think back to that, again, first book in the Bible, very first chapter, what was the first sin of Adam and Eve? Well, the first sin was them wanting to become like God. The serpent was tempting them, just take a bite of the fruit and you too can become like God. And here we, do, here we have 10 chapters later, and that very first sin is once again rearing its ugly head, where the people say, hey, if we can build a tower high enough, a tower that can reach up to heaven, then we too can become like God. And what is their motivation for doing so? Well, they're not building the tower to be near to God because they want to grow close to God. No, they're building the tower to show God, hey, we are just as powerful as you. And you want us to spread out in the globe, but we don't want to do so. We're going to stay right here, and we're going to show you that you can't force us to do anything. Now, interestingly enough, archaeologists have actually discovered a tower in this region. And it was a tower that would have reached up to 300 feet, which again, in the ancient world, was quite the achievement. But most interesting about the tower that archaeologists found was that this tower had an inscription. The inscription was called Bab-Elu, which is translated Gate of God. So whoever built that tower, and we don't know if it's the same tower that we're reading about today, but whoever built that tower considered it to be their gateway to God, saying this tower is so high it can reach the heavens. Well, so they're building this for sake of power to show God that they are their equals with God. How do you think God's going to respond? Here's what comes next. It says, But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. When I first read this passage many years ago, I thought it sounded awfully primitive. I mean, we know that heaven isn't actually up above us in the sky, and so why does God have to stoop down and to look down at creation? It just all sounded a bit primitive. But as I did some research uh, this week, I came across uh, something that one commentator said that really made a lot of sense to me. The commentator believes that the author is being intentionally ironic in the way that he's writing this. It's like he's saying, okay, think about it. In their pride, they thought we can build a city that reaches all the way to heaven, but they ended up with something so insignificant that God had to stoop over and squint and look at where is that tower that humanity just built. Do you see what the author is doing here? In the way he's telling the story, he's showing the foolishness of humanity's plans to meet and reach God. So what will God do next? We're told, look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, 
Nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. Okay, if God's plans are to just stop them from building a tower, then couldn't God just topple their tower? Well, I mean, God could, right? But notice that that would be a temporary solution. They could just build another tower. Now, God is looking for a deeper fix, a deeper solution to the problem of humanity's pride. And so instead of toppling the tower, God chooses to confuse their language. Now, that word confuse in Hebrew is balal, and it's a cooking term. It's what you do when you have something in a dish, maybe eggs, and you mix it all together. So God is mixing up their languages. God is confusing their languages like you would before you made an omelet or something like that. Remember, God's goal here is for the people not to stay put all in the same place and be like one another in all the same ways. God wants them to scatter, to multiply, and not build a tower to show how powerful they are. So did God's plan work? By confusing the languages, was God successful? Well, here's how the story ends. It says, In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused, remember that Hebrew term Bilal, the people with different languages. And in this way, he scattered them all over the world. Once again, it's a strange story. We just need to admit that as we're reading this. That's why we're doing our series on strange stories. These are fun to explore together. And in this story, not only is it strange, but it's, it's distant from us. It feels different, doesn't it? it? It's not a modern story in any way, shape, or form. And so reading it together and exploring it together, well, what are we to come to? What conclusion do we reach from this story? Well, I think the most obvious one is that God doesn't want us to be filled with the same sort of pride as the people in Babel, trying to be equal with God in any way. I think we know that, though. I think we need to dig a little bit deeper if we're going to get to maybe that secondary part of the story, which I believe is more important for us today. Really, what God is seeking here is that God is intending for humanity, the humanity that God created, to be diverse and not homogenous. God doesn't want everyone to just stay in the same place and be alike. But God wants to scatter them and to spread them all around the world. Because think about it. What if God didn't do anything? What if God allowed them to just stay put instead of multiplying and filling the earth? Well, they would have created their own culture, right? They would have spoken the same language, but then they wouldn't have moved beyond that. There wouldn't be a video like we watch today with all these different languages coming from all these different cultures, but that is actually what God intended. 
And that's not what they were seeking to do. And so I think inherent in this story is God's desire for a great diversity in our world. And to, to us, to have us embrace that diversity as a way that God designed this world. Think of the culture that you come from. It might be the same as the person you're sitting next to today, or it might be different, sometimes in small ways and sometimes in dramatic ways. I looked up the definition of culture this week because I was curious. And here's the definition. Culture is simply the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. I can remember the first time that I learned that culture is not fixed. Culture is actually something that you help create. And there's a culture of your family that you are a part of and that you shape and form. There's a wider culture that you, your heritage is from, that, that you say, yeah, this is part of who I am, but that's created. It's, it's groups of people saying, hey, this is how we do life together. This is the unique way that we are going to live out our humanity in the human experience. And what I believe the Tower of Babel points us to is that God wants these cultures to be very diverse and different from one another. That's part of how God intended this creation to be. Now, when you travel, especially internationally, you get to see this up close. I can remember in 2019, my wife Sarah and I traveled to Italy, and we wanted to really see the culture of Italy and see how it was different from what we were used to and what we were living with here in North Carolina. And one example of the differences is I went to um, a coffee shop in Venice. I know that surprises nobody. And I ordered a coffee, expecting to get a drip coffee like you would at Starbucks. And instead, I received a little shot of espresso. And what I learned was that in this culture, that's coffee. If you order a coffee, they give you a little shot of espresso and you just sip on that. And you can order it in two different ways. You can order it short or lungo, which has a little bit more water and a little less concentrate. It took me a little bit to understand how to order drip coffee. And what you have to do is you, you order American coffee. They say, oh, if you want American coffee, okay, yeah, that's the drip coffee and we'll give you that. But if you just order coffee, you're just getting a little shot of espresso. Really, I think they just wanted to know who the tourists were but I was a part of that, so I, I was saying, yep, get me that drip coffee. But things like that, the diversity, the differences in our world, I think this is exactly what God intended. And honestly, it's one of the reasons I love living here in America. Because America truly is a melting pot, isn't it? Where we have people who have immigrated here from all different parts of the world, and they bring with them their particular cultures. And then they mix and like a great melting pot in with all the other cultures in America. This is a really unique place to live. I'll give you an example of that. When I worked um, for a church in Tampa, we were heavily involved with supporting refugees, much like Denver and we are, Unity is doing here in Denver. And because of that work, I was invited to a welcoming ceremony. This is what the city of Tampa did once a year 
where they would welcome all of the refugees who had immigrated to the Tampa Bay area in that previous year. Well, I took a picture of it that I want to share with you. Let's, let's show that picture. So they invited some of those refugees up on stage, and I want you to notice two things. One, notice all the different colors and dresses and outfits. Everybody who immigrated wanted to celebrate their particular culture. They wanted to bring with them what was important to them from where they came from. But two, notice all the American flags. They were waving them so proudly, so excited to be here in America. And I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful mix right up there. That's a picture of what God designed this world to be. And that's really what the Tower of Babel is about. I mean, sure, it's about our pride and not wanting to build towers that reach to heaven, but it's also about God's design for our world. And so to live into that, maybe all of us this week, in honor of World Communion Sunday, should explore a culture that is different from our own and then thank God for creating such diversity in our world. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.